Cast. What are some of the things that workers want? We want to be proud of you. We want you to be human, but not too human. It's that whole thing about vulnerable is like, yes. be, you now be vulnerable. I say, no, be authentic. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is a sunny but cold day here in North Carolina, and I have some exciting news for you. We have a new sponsor on the show, Leader Connect. Leader Connect is a leadership training company and video platform founded by Neil Jurd, who you might remember from way back in episode 136. Neil is a former British Army officer who now teaches and trains executives and companies in leadership and team development. Neil wrote one of my favorite leadership books called The Leadership Book. Now, I partnered with Neil to help him launch the Leader Connect video and podcast streaming platform. This platform gives leaders and teams access to hundreds of leadership experts that will help you lead better and create a highly engaged and effective team. Now, I'm proud to be one of the featured speakers on this platform. So I encourage you to check out this new streaming platform at leader-connect.co.uk. Of course, this episode is also brought to you by our other sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. All these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Well, that is it. Today we're talking about what employees want from their leaders, and my guest is Joyce Wilson-Sanford. Joyce is an organizational and leadership development expert who helps companies develop their leaders and guide them through organizational transitions. Now, we sat down and discussed why leadership matters and what employees ultimately want to see from their leaders. Now, this was a frank, fun, and informative conversation that you don't want to miss. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Joyce Wilson-Sanford. Joyce is an executive coach working with organizational development executives who are facing the challenges of a new kind of workplace. She is a strategic organizational and leadership development expert specializing in organizational innovations, large culture change, senior level leadership development, and organizational transitions of all kinds. She is a former executive vice president of strategic organizational and leadership development uh, at the Delays Group, a global food retailer. Joyce also co-hosts the popular Bob and Joyce Talk HR and OD podcast. I'm excited to have her on the show to learn from her experiences in organizational and leadership development. So Joyce, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's good to meet you, and I'm excited to talk to you about all of your life experiences with leadership and organizational development. But I wanted to start with organizational development. For those who may not be familiar with that subject, explain what that means. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> I should have talked to you ahead of time. 
People, there's something called the OD network. If you really want to know what it is, they've got a great model. <laughs> and you can go and see how complex it is. It's really assessing where an organization is and helping it grow the idea to where it wants to go and then removing the blockages to that growth, freeing organizational energy. And so you look at everything from structure to interpersonal relationships to leadership to toxicity to what I loved about it. It was both broad and deep. Mm -hmm. So formally, it's that which you do after it's an intervention to enhance organizational performance and satisfaction. So where 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 do you get involved when you're with when you're in a role like that? Is it like after an acquisition? Is it when you have a maybe a region that's not performing well? I mean, or when when are you called into action? And we are all of those, but you see, I was in, I was hired to do organizational development in a company. So when you're in the company, Oh boy, how can I put it? First of all, you st I, I used to tell everybody that worked for me because I grew a department. Yeah. First of all, you serve accurately what the organization says it wants and needs. You do not know better than the company or their leaders. Stay with that reality, serve it. It's going to give you credibility and it's going to give you knowledge about the what is. And when you do that, Two-thirds of your time, then you buy one-third of freedom to really innovate and create. Yeah. And that's, that is how it works. So I don't know how people do it coming in from the outside, but I worked with everything from acquisition to new CEO uh, establishment to uh, DE&I I introduced to, you name it, crises, large events. I was very good at creating conversations among 350 people that felt intimate. So you smell the need, you define the need, you talk to a million people, you listen, you listen, you listen, an idea pops up, and then you go sell it. Uh, and if it holds water, you can sell it. If it doesn't, you change it. You do not know better yeah, yeah. than the people running the organization. I did not let my people say, they just don't get it. Well, if they don't get it, then help them get it. That's an interesting perspective. I think a lot of people in, you know, maybe mid-management would give up when they can't convince upper management of something that they think they want to get done. But as you just said... It, well, listen to how you worded that. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's incumbent on them to communicate in a way that is effective and that can get the attention of upper management. So, I mean, because we're dealing, you know, in upper management, and I've been in some senior positions, is you got a lot on your plate, right? You oh, my Lord. Yes, you do. Right? And so, you know, any any day there can be, you're dealing with multiple crisis, multiple uh, issues, big change projects. So an employee comes to you and say, we really need this. You know, you're like, ah, do we really need that? I mean, you know, so convince me, you know, make a and compelling case. I believe in co-creating through conversation. How about that for three C's? Um, so, oh, and that's why traveling with someone or supporting them in another meeting, you can have lunch and you can um, begin to grow an idea. 
I, I always had the germ of an idea. And, you know, at another time, we could go into some of those big things that happened. But I always ended up co-creating. Hmm. Especially, so for instance, with store managers who were really against having some of these 350-person conversations, I said, no, you're the host at the table. You're going to make them feel at home. It's your meeting. You're going to run that meeting. And, they, and I had them on my side forever after. And I said, you did a beautiful job. We didn't need to pay anybody to come in to do that. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know if yeah, that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I think one of the things we were talking about um, before we press record was the idea of acquisitions. And I was involved in a lot of acquisitions yeah. in my corporate days. And one of the challenges I found is that you have maybe, in, in one case, I combined three different businesses. We we combined two businesses of one company and we acquired another company. We put them all in one site. And I was the I was the site manager. And so there was three distinct cultures. I was trying to squeeze oh. the one building. And um Isn't that a amazing? challenge when you do something yeah. like that. It was it was it was probably one of the more interesting things I ever did in my career. How many people? Uh when it was all said and done, about three hundred and three hundred and eighty, maybe or so. Yeah. yeah. Conversations galore. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember starting with the top group uh, because I ran the discussions among the three CEOs um, that were going to run the companies and the acquisition and all that. And it was get it was pretty stiff until I said, "Oh, honest to goodness, let's get it over with." Somebody tell of your biggest, stupidest, dumbest mistake. Let's so that we can all just be real. And then I started with. Mine. And then later they used to say, Joyce has a million of them. Let her give one of her failures. <laughs> so, I like that. I think it's um well, I mean, I think you're giving you're giving these people permission to be vulnerable. Uh, and it's it's a way to break the ice and to say, hey, we're all just people here in this room. And they laugh their heads off because yeah. they had all done like, did you really have a cow in this store? Yeah, we did. I know another thing I did during that time, if I had three uh, in one under one roof, every two, twice a week, I would bring together 25 people, different people from different functions. And they were different global areas to say, what do you think they don't understand about you? Mm. What makes it hard to work with them? And the one question that was really great was to have to say, I think that you think, and everybody in the room, from the Greeks to the Thailand to whatever said to the Americans, we, no, America said, we think that you think that we're arrogant, and everybody clapped. <laughs> oh, so they, it was true. Yeah, it was said, true. Wow, we're so shocked you know it. <laughs> uh, you know, that is actually one of the one of the bigger challenges is when you're dealing with cross-cultural, oh. um, you know, meetings, uh, teams. And I, I, I led, I led an R and D team. Half of it was in Mexico, half of it was in the U.S. And, and I remember that I think the, the, the folks in Mexico always felt like they were the second class citizens, you know, that like because oh. all the leaders were in the U.S. And, oh. and um, so I tried to reorganize where we had some of the leaders in Mexico, and we used to do a weekly meeting where we would have a, we, we would set it up with the uh, back then it was the you know, the video conferencing. It wasn't like Zoom yeah. like we have today. We, yeah. had, we had a video conference and we I purposely put the table in Mexico and the table in the U.S. to where 
And so it looked like we're all sitting at the same table every week. Wonderful. And so I tried to get it to we were on the same team. We weren't uh, we weren't two separate uh, teams. It matters. Yeah. I mean, little things. There are funny little things that you do uh, in the moment that shift the energy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's those are the things you have to do when you're thinking about people and perceptions and, like you said. And, and differences. And, and it's really hard. In DE&I work, they have practice groups for, or they have groups that uh, need support and being heard and validated and all of that. And I always wanted to spread it to more differences. Yeah. One of the more powerful questions I asked in a large group before doing the DE&I work was, where do you feel different and you love it? Yeah, yeah. And where do you feel different and you want to hide it? Mm, that's, a, that's a great question. It yeah. was a great question. And yeah. what it did was lay a groundwork for it. Now we're going to break up into differences that we can see in the room. Yeah, yeah. People over 60, black pride groups, whatever it was. And then they kept, we kept coming back to, at every level, there are differences. How do we yeah. see them? And how do we respect them? And how do we enjoy and use them? Yes, I love that. I, I have this theory, and I, I'm always afraid to say it because it seems, um, but it, but it, it, it makes sense in, in the way I lead people. Is I I say to myself that the ultimate minority is the individual. We are all correct. I love that. Whether I we that. are, and I'm afraid to say it because I know you know it doesn't well, kind of fit with a lot of things. But I, but I really do believe that. Like we're. I'm a man, I'm, but I'm also, you know, I'm also in my 50s. And so I have, so there's generational differences. I'm a New Englander, you're a New Englander. So I have some regional things. So. I'm a blue collar kid. I was. I'm you know, a blue collar kid. So yeah. So, yeah so, I'm a bookworm. Yeah. I so, like so, to talk. so I think each time, you know, we, we all have like significant differences. And, and I, I have always loved bringing a team together that is full of, people with different backgrounds and, 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 and bringing them together and working and, and building unity and, and, you know, towards an objective, because that's what we um, did in the military. We, they threw yeah. a bunch of people on a ship and locked the, locked the, the yeah. submarine and we went out to sea and we figured it out, you know? Yeah. I, well, I like that idea a lot. What was I going to say? I don't know. It went away. <laughs> It'll come back. Yeah, but but I think that's um, I think when we we approach that, the other thing too is is you know one of the things I talk in my business is is that you know respect is like the number one thing we re respect each other, and and that is you know that's a really good basis for being able to deal with people who are different than you is that you start off with respect, you know, and then we we then we have the conversations about our different ways that we view the world. Yep, and how do you keep that from being? BS. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, I think it's about authenticity and being genuine yes. as, as a leader. Yeah, yeah. And also calling it out when you see that it isn't. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, we could talk about a lot of the things. <laughs> I did. You're talking about strategic leadership. I, You know, I worked with 25 CEOs. Yes, yeah. The... Boy, are they all different than 
those that led with their strength and that fit with the company was great. But wow, there is no one size fits all. There is no one size fits all. Exactly right. Yeah. Thinking exactly about the right. differences and yeah. And yeah, I yeah. have, yeah. So what, yeah. Let, let, let me shift gears a little bit, talk a little bit about leadership. Um, you, um, I was looking through some of your materials and you say that leadership in the new era is about being and not doing. And I was interested to know your thoughts about that. So what do you, what do you mean by that? And you say there are a number of skills that leaders need to master in this new era. <laughs> okay, well, I just happen to have a few notes. It is emphasis, I think, on the people thing. They need to be connecting, mm. able to connect easily across the differences and connecting the right people with the right tasks. They need to be clear. They need to draw very sharp edges of strategy in particular so people know exactly what you say yes to and, and what you say no to. Um, and I, I wrote here, I'm looking at it, and it means clarity about the values the company uses to guide action mm. and comfort with the close and be able to disclose how decisions are made. I used to say, if we were could put this on the speaker in the cafeteria, what would we be saying? Yeah. It shut up a lot of conversations. Um, new leaders for uh, need to be control light. Mm. So not heavy handed. Okay. So I said the demand for clarity will allow for a form of control that is less burdensome and awkward for associates. New yes. generation of associates won't stand for it. Sharp clarity on goals and freedom to find a way to achieve them is going to be the way to do it. Let me so. throw this at you. Let me th let me th see your thoughts on it. I say that the opposite of trust is control. So the oh. feeling that the feeling that employees have when you're trying to tightly control everything they do is that you don't trust me. You know that you have to monitor everything that I'm doing, and so I always feel that when I'm in a situation where I see leadership trying to control everything is that they don't they don't trust the people that, that they have employed yes and and though that's a risk so you have to be willing i'm thinking about how i thought wouldn't it be great to have the um secretarial staff set up the boardroom for the board meeting coming from over from europe and everything and they made it look like a baby shower oh and i just said great Thanks. That's super. That makes it very happy looking. And the board loved it. Oh, right. Okay. But okay. my first thing was, oh my gosh, it's pink, it's yellow, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. But well, that's... I gave up, it, I gave up total control because I was busy. Right. And I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then yeah. for about five seconds, I thought, well, this is one of the worst things that could happen. No, they loved it. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. 
These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Leader Connect, a leadership training company and video platform founded by the leadership book author and deep leadership podcast guest, Neil Jurd. Leader Connect is a video and podcast streaming platform for leaders and teams. Watch it alone or as a team, and each video supports you and your team, allowing you to improve performance and build a great culture. Join hundreds of experts and learn about leadership, planning, public speaking, team building, mindfulness, and a range of other subjects that will help you lead well and build a great team. I'm proud to say that I'm one of the experts on this platform. Leader Connect is offering a 10% discount to all deep leadership listeners. Go to leader-connect.co.uk and enter the code DEEP at checkout. Master your leadership with Leader Connect. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. I have another one here that says they need to be character proof. Associates have been disengaged and slightly depressed with low energy due to disillusionment with the character of their leaders. Okay. Being a leader of character simply means you have to have a good reputation in and out of the company. There is a moral awareness that guides work and self-awareness of personal impact. Yes. Right. Yes. It's going to refresh people. Yes. You know, that takes a... Uh, it's such a... The disillusionment is so heavy to carry. Yes. And so uh, damaging to optimism. Well, you so you see it a lot in the engagement numbers, right? So even, you know, uh, Gallup's yeah. been doing this survey for years. Yep. You know, at best we're, you know, you know, basically 30% engaged, you know, at best. Uh, you know, 25, 30% of employees are actively engaged at work. And a lot of it is due to the leadership and due to, like you said, disillusionment. They, one of the things I saw, at least in my corporate career, is that we we would work to attract really top talent, right? Young people coming out of college that have worked hard to get yeah. their engineering degree or some sort of qualification to be in our big company. And this was their dream job. And we would, 
hire them. And then because they were young, we would put them in a corner and give them grunt work to do for years before we allowed yeah. them to do anything difficult. So we take these excited young employee and we basically say, well, you you have to earn your your way. You're not allowed to make tough decisions. Mm, yeah, so we've been here for five years. And by the time they're ready, they're disillusioned. They're, yeah. they're, they're disengaged. We had a, a program for new, especially high potential people that came in um, to learn all kinds of things, but a lot of interpersonal stuff, but also attach them to some project that was big strategically, if only to sit in. And it made all the difference because they were feeling like, well, come on, let me do something interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen good and I've seen bad onboarding processes. Yeah, me too. My personal one, when I came out of the military and went into my first corporate job was the worst. Uh, they gave me a cubicle where the light didn't work. There was yeah. a stapler on the desk. I had no computer. It took them weeks to get me a computer. And, um, and my boss was fired within three or four weeks after my hire. So nobody knew who I was or what I was, why I was hired. And I didn't know why I was hired. So I literally learned my job by just walking around and talking to people and trying to figure out, well, what do you guys do here? Perfect. And it's so common. And especially as I was promoted higher, higher. I mean, I am very proud that I ended up at the very top nine men <laughs> with a soft skill, supposedly, and a woman. Yeah. So I'm very proud of that. But I had to find my way. I had a I had a leadership retreat that was a three day, and one night we had campfires for a small ones like so. We had twelve people at each campfire, and I said, "Just why don't y'all just share." how you came to be at Hannaford and what was your first day like? Ah! <laughs> I couldn't get anybody to go to bed. They couldn't stop talking about oh, how awful God. it was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. one thing you just keyed in on it, and I think it's an important aspect, and I think leaders need to hear this, is that people love to talk about themselves. Give mm -hmm. them opportunities to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we can do as a leader is shut our mouths and listen. And, 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 and I think that we tend to want to talk about ourselves, but, but really what people want to know is they want to know, do you know my name and do you know a story about me? You know, do yeah. you know anything about me? Yes. And I think if we give yes. our, our, our employees opportunities to tell their stories like that, how did you come, how did you end up in, at Hannaford's? How did you end up being part of this company? Those are interesting yeah. conversations, right? And you get to know a lot more about that individual through those conversations. Well, and the CEO and the head of HR at that time wandered around to those campfires and went, whoa. Yeah. Something's got to change. And it did. So, yeah. But you've been doing such a beautiful job of listening to me. Thank well, that's, you. Well, that's my job. That's what I have to do. I have to listen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have to listen. And I have to ask questions. So um, one of the questions I was going to ask is, you know, when you either through the work that you've done since you retired or even in, when you were working um, in, in your company, what are some of the flaws you observed in leaders? What are some, some you know, problems that you saw, you observed, things that needed to be fixed in leadership? Well, the, I have a rough draft of a book called CEO Note to Self, Blind Spots of Power. One thing is they didn't know the degree of power they carried. Mm. They didn't feel the weight of who they were. Wow. 
and how like one CEO tripped and fell coming into the building and the next day they had a heated thing there already. You know, it's like, what? and he said, Who's, who did that? And they said, well, you fell yesterday. He said, I don't want money spent on this. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to get a read on your own impact. And I wrote an article called It's Your Task to Ask. Uh, and you have to assume if somebody comes to you with negative impact, that they've talked to at least 25 people and that they are watering it down to come to you. Mm. So magnify it by five, and you're probably going to get a truer read of this because the power differential just is, no matter how good-natured, no matter how egalitarian, no matter how friendly, you at the top especially have the power of life and death like you're fired, you're let go, surprise. It's huge power. Mm. And we like to pretend it's not there. It's there. So that's one. I was going to touch on that a little bit. I think that, you know, that's one area that I do talk about even in my books is that you are on stage 24-7 as a leader. Everyone knows when you show up. They know when you leave. They know when you got your door shut to your office, they know if you're spending time with employees and, and walking yep. around, they're yep. observing you at all times, especially too, when you, like I took over a lot of different businesses in my career and especially those first, you know, that first, you know, two or three weeks, every eye is on you, you know? And so you can make a great impact if you, you recognize that all eyes are on me right now and they're, they're trying to learn what is it that's important. What is Rennie, right. what is Rennie do, think is important here? And they're observing. And how do I, I use that knowledge? And I, yeah. I would use that on purpose. I would purposely yeah. do things that would get people talking. You know, uh -huh. like I like I would say things like, uh, like I had an employee. Well, I would say people, I would say things like, if you ever catch me without my safety gear, I always carry $40 in my wallet. I'll give you $40 if you ever catch me without, without, without safety gear. And nice. it happened one time where I'd had an employee caught me and he said, wait, you're not wearing your safety glasses. And I was like, oh, shoot, you're right. And I, and I gave him $40. And they were like, you know, that, that one act right there, the, the, everyone knew about that. Yeah. Everyone in the organization knew about that because yeah. it was one of those things where all eyes are on you. You can make a, you can really make, you know, you can make an impact by, by doing that. And yeah, I'm thinking about that and, and how the other, yeah, the, uh, the other is, Find a mechanism to listen to a cross-section of your organization at least once a month. Yes. Yeah. Bring in 25 from any and every level, any and every yep. department, and just, I, I did town meetings of 350 people just saying, what's working, what isn't working, what's an opportunity we're missing, what would make you love coming in the door in the morning? Three hours worth of listening, listening, listening. I think that's powerful. Listeners, if you hear that, that's a great thing. If you're not doing that today, do that today. Uh, that's it's a your great task to ask. That's exactly right. I love that. We used to do, uh, when I was in corporate, we'd do birthday meetings. So like June, everyone had a birthday in June. We're come on into the conference room. You're, you got, uh, we're sitting down with the CEO and talking about what's going on in the business. Nice. And it was fun. Right. And uh, we just did it every month that way. And we went around and again, got a lot of good feedback. One of the things we did too, 
is we print the minutes of those those discussions and we post it. So those that weren't in those meetings could also see what happened in that closed door kind of mm. question sessions. You have such good instincts. Yeah, yeah well, I, I guess 30 years have been in the trenches, so I think I sort of figure some of the stuff out, yeah. Well, some people don't. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Some people I, don't. But I true. do want to say of the 25 that I worked with, and I mean worked with on the daily thing of this is going to be a hard termination. What do I do? We have to sell this company. Um, only two were truly inadequate to the job. Yeah. So yeah. people found a way to grow and use the skill that was needed at the time. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I found as well. That's good. That's good feedback. I have a question for you. So I was listening to one of your recent podcast episodes. Thank you. You, you asked a question, and I like this. Or you had a you had a concept. It is, and the idea was what workers want from their leader. And I thought oh. that was really powerful. And so. Um, you don't have to share all of it, but but what are some of the things that workers want from their leader? Well, I've actually written an article on that. We want to be proud of you. Mm. We want you to be human, but not too human. Mm. It's that whole thing about vulnerable is like, yes. be, you now be vulnerable. I say, no, be authentic. Uh, no, Explain, explain the difference, because I, I think this is an important point. Oh, it, in authenticity and vulnerability. Um, it fits in with that thing, too, that as your leader, we want to know we can lean into you and yes. that we respect you. That yes. you, Whether like it or not, and even if it's parental, if you're going to have that kind of power differential in one person, we want to know we can trust you, we can lean into you, and that... I don't want to know about your affair. I don't want to know about doing gallows humor, about cutting a corner. I don't want you to roll your eyes about another officer when they, when I, when you talk about them. Hmm. Um, I want you to know what it's like for me to do my job. I want you to know that I want to be proud of my work. I want you to know that you play an incredibly important part of my day. Mm. And I take it home with me. And I do want you to be authentic. I want to know that you love Reese's peanut butter cups. I want to know that one of your teenage sons is driving you crazy, but I don't want the details. That's exactly right. And the other thing too, I think with vulnerability we can be, we can say things like, oh, well, I don't, I, I've never really seen this before in my life. So I'm, I'm figuring out as I go along. Right. I don't necessarily want to hear that from the captain of the ship. Like, I don't really know where we're going. I'm going to try right. to figure it out as I go along. So one of the things we want from our leaders is competency. We want to know that they're competent. And oh, I think I, that's... I didn't put that. I tend to write everything with C's. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that. <laughs> it's really weird. But yes, competence is so attractive. <laughs> it really is, right? So comforting. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about it. I always go back to my days on the submarine, right? So when when things got really hairy, oh, yeah. And like we were in a bad storm or we were facing um, you know, Soviet ships just just, you know, nearby. Yeah. Oh, look to the captain. We're like, does he have this? Like, yeah. you know, do you have this? Like, do you know what yeah. you're doing? Right? Yeah. We're 
because our lives are literally in your hands right now. And, yeah. uh, and we want to know that our captain, when things got, you know, hairy, knew what he was doing. And I think our yeah. employees want that too, is that they like the fact that the knowing that we're human and we, that we're, that they can, that we're authentic. But they also want to know, do you know what to do when things, when the chips, you know, go down? Yeah. You, when, you know when, when, in one of our companies, when we were being challenged by uh, Walmart, the CEO just gave a very wonderful lecture about the business mechanics and what you do when somebody enters your market and got all of us so excited about cutting cost. Yeah. Through that story. So uh, the other thing I think um, CEOs need to do is have people understand the business dynamics of, of where they work. Mm, yes. Yeah. Here's how we make money. Here's how it hurts us here. How oh, we share the money. Oh. No, I think understand how the business works and be able to explain it to the everyone in the organization so they can say it in a way that they get it. I think that's, we, sometimes, I, at least I saw in corporate, we had a lot of guys that knew how to run a business, but they couldn't, they couldn't communicate it to the hourly employee on the shop floor. Yeah, you, to, you have to be able to teach the money-making mechanics of the business in simple terms. Yes, yeah. Yeah, this is, that's uh, so, so important. That's a great point. So Joyce, I was going to, I was going to say, we're running, get close on time here. What final message would you like to leave with our listeners? Isn't that awful? Uh, I wanted to say, love your work, but Mm. that may not be possible. But you can bring hope and competence and comfort in doing your job well to those around you. And you'll generate from that, they're wanting to do that. And you can grow hope and competence during this time of real unrest. Mm. I I love that. that. I love that. I love that. So take the situation you're in and where can you shine a light in the darkness? That's what I really mean. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 work. (laughs) <laughs> I have a friend of mine that always says, actually, he lives close to you. So I have a friend in uh, North Yarmouth that would say, uh, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. So if you're in a situation where mm-hmm. you're not, you don't love what you do, you might want to look for a place where you, you do love what you do. Oh, I, it's, well, Freud said love and work are the two drivers in the world. And you and I were laughing before we came on. We love our work. Yes. Yeah. And it is a, it is a literal blessing. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't love your work, find a way to love your work. <laughs> Life is too short to be miserable. Yeah, or call Bob and me will help you find work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So um, how can our listeners find out more about you, your podcast and your services? Oh, I, I asked you to help me with this. Thank you. You, t- you do it. Yeah, we'll put we'll put links in the show notes for uh, your website and also the podcast. And the podcast is called Bob and Joyce Talk HR and OD. And uh, we're going to put links in the show notes. And if you haven't um, already listened to our podcast, I highly encourage you to listen to them. They're fun. Uh, we were talking about earlier. If you if you're older like like I am, uh, you'll know you remember Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. 
from NPR. <laughs> and these uh, Bob and Joyce are a little bit like that. And uh, and they're talking about HR issues, people issues, leadership issues, organizational development issues. It's a great podcast, fun to listen to. So I highly encourage it. And there's a link in the show notes. And we have a link for uh, Joyce's website as well. So find out more about her. She got, has a ton of information on her website, blog posts, uh, all sorts of stuff that um, really will help you understand this topic more and be a better leader in your company. So Joyce, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I had fun. I had a wonderful time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. And thanks for all the work that you're doing. May we meet again. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.